0: Tonight is a standalone message. Uh, I will be starting a new series, not not after hot ones. I, mean, I think about a week afterwards because I do want to get back into the series flow. But tonight's a standalone, and it's based in Joshua chapter six. Joshua chapter six. I'll start in verse fifteen. The context of this is uh, Joshua and the Israelites and the wall of Jericho. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched. Around the town as they had done before, but this time they went around seven times and it took them seven days. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and others in her household will be spared for she protected our spies. Do not take anything set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble to the camp of Israel. Everything made of silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought to his treasury. When the people heard of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed. And the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. The context of what was also going on was that Jericho was on full alert. Jericho was on full alert uh, knowing that they were going to attack the walls and they were going to attack the city. And the funny thing is, is that it also seems like it's impossible because the, the, the Jericho army was very, very powerful at the time. They were able to create a humongous wall. And I, I was going to get the measurements tonight. It was humongous. And it seemed like an impossible battle. But yet from God's perspective, the battle was already over when Joshua said, shout, the Lord has given you this town. The Lord has given you this place because it has already been over. One, In this perspective in your life, God has already given you the victory over those walls in your life. Some of you in here have walls. Some of you in here have insecure walls, doubting walls, and what I like to call the impossible wall. A wall that you can honestly never get over and you feel like you will never be able to destroy and it's holding you back. Tonight, I want to title tonight, these walls will fall. These walls will fall. And I say it with expectation because the walls in my life were brought down and the Lord was able to give me victory in ways that set me free. But the question is, is that how can I see the walls in my life fall down? Because you can have faith and expectancy and have this this great faith. But there are some practical things that happened in Joshua 6 that I want to bring to your life. And what the Israelites did in the physical, we can take it as a principle and we can take it into the spiritual. Point number one, walls fall when you walk in faith. Walls fall when you walk in faith. How many of you have rock climbed before? Okay, a couple of you. I have never personally rock climbed, but I can tell it's just regular rock climbing. Like the ones, uh, is there one in Lafayette? That one, dude, I would never know. For some reason, I have a, I have a phobia of, of big heights. We took a carousel one time and I was so scared to be in height, but this, I want to tell you something. How, how, How many of you have heard of free soloing free solo? So free solo. So I actually have a clip of, uh, his name is Alex Holland. He actually was climbing, I think it's called L, L Cap. I think that's what it's called. It's like a mountain or something like that. Play the clip, Matt. I want y'all to see this. This dude is climbing with no equipment to, to save him. All he has is that chalk in the back of his, in the back of his uh, little little belt thing. So this dude's just climbing. With no equipment at all, and he's probably thousands of feet in the air. Thousands of, well, maybe a couple thousand. He's really high up there. It's funny how he's struggling, and then they have like a GoPro just like watching him fly, watching him uh, climb. No, it's just on the camera. Dude, look at this, dude. Oh my gosh, he can do the split. Look at him. No. Dude, just, just watching that gives me anxiety. I'm just like, thinking to myself, what if... You know, like, 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 what if... Like, like, look how high he is, y'all. Look at that. He ain't done. But but that's but that dude that dude's famous for free soloing which is just in context you do it without equipment you do it with nothing except the chalk on the back and then you put your you know the chalk helps stick to the freaking rock thing and and he's doing it he's doing it at the risk of his life obviously but but he's also he's also doing it he obviously has experience at the same time experience cannot stop death obviously cannot stop that but but the dude had a lot of experience and the truth is, is that we all face walls in our lives, right? Yes, some people can climb like Alex. Home, however you say it, Harnold, Honold. It's like it's Harnold. It's funny that it's it, it's cool that that some people can climb like that. Like like I envy Christ, very strong Christians that can that can overcome a wall without without eat with ease. That 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 that's that God bless them but but sometimes in my life overcoming a wall i feel like i feel like somebody that's not like alex who can climb these amazing mountains and i'm looking intimidated because like like in the same context of when somebody else can overcome something so nicely but i can't it's intimidating and it almost seems like you can never climb that mountain mm-hmm. or climb and, and, and like i said but i'm not talking about physical walls I'm talking about obstacles and barriers that inevitably face, that we ev- inevitably face in our lives. It's imperative that we have a plan for what to do when we face circumstances or walls that seem impossible to get past. The question from, for you tonight is what's your plan for overcoming the walls you encounter in your life, especially the impossible wall? For the for the people of the of the Israelites, they had to overcome a very impossible wall. Jericho was very known for making hefty things. That's why they were able to create the wall over their city. And the thing that you're looking at right now is impossible. And if you put it into the context, you see other people in the Christian faith like Alex who can just climb a wall without problems. But how can I overcome this? it's impossible, it's the impossible wall cannot be overcome without faith because the Bible also says something else that is also impossible, Hebrews eleven six, and it is impossible to please God without faith. <clears throat> Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith is an essential element in our lives and walk with God faith, what the Israelites did was that they did it not knowing if the walls would fall. They did it even though the walls might have not come down eventually. They did it out of faith. And the question is, is that faith, faith, the word faith ultimately means trust. It ultimately means I'm trusting in something. That's what faith is. You believe and trust in something. And the question tonight is, is that do you genuinely have faith in the Lord that the Lord will help you break down those walls? That's what I've been learning from that passage is that the Israelites, they didn't bring weapons. They didn't bring anything. They just had faith to walk around those walls, to stay consistent in their faith, to believe that it would break down. That's the type of faith we have to have for our own walls. The goal is to lean on God's understanding rather than your own. It's always, it's, it's that, it's, it's that simple, yet it's so difficult to the human condition because our natural tendency is to control and figure out a plan. But God is obviously telling us the opposite. He's telling us that I have to have faith and trust him rather than get logical and try and think in my own understanding. Walls will fall down when you walk in faith. Point number two is what I saw from the Israelites is that Walls fall when you walk in unity. Walls fall when you walk in unity. Unity is a key ingredient in nearly every area of your life, especially areas of life that involve others. In a spiritual sense, unity is a huge part of our lives. We, we are called to live in unity with God and with others. I talked about this, I don't know if it was the week before or whatever. I've talked about community before because community is so important. The question is, are you living in unity with God and in the people in your life? A lot of us see in this world so much division, so much corruption and conflict within each other that there's no unity at all. And the encouragement the challenge tonight is to find unity in something. Listen, there's a lot of people out there that aren't worth that, that aren't. They're worth sharing the gospel with, but they're not worth having a strong relationship with because it can be tricky with other people. Some people are extremely dysfunctional, distre- extremely wounded. So you can't really create a, 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 a tense relationship because they might manipulate, they might take advantage. So you have to be very, very careful. But 90% of the time, I'm talking about 90%, unity is so important. Having a group of people that you can rely on is so important. Being in a group, like a youth group, is so important because unity is what God uses to break the walls down. If we're going to see the impossible walls come down in our lives, it is imperative that we learn to live in unity. Psalm 133 verse 1 is the answer. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. One of the biggest things, what it's telling me right there is that we are blessed when we're together. You're blessed when you're with others. Not just, not just in a physical sense, not just being present with somebody, but being in harmony with somebody else. That's blessed. So when you're not in harmony with somebody, you're not really that blessed. Not because, not because of, of what you can do, but it's about staying In harmony with others. If you want to live a good and pleasant life, you must walk in unity with others. One of the keys that we can observe from the Israelites is that they walked in unity the whole time. They didn't, if somebody was slacking, they probably stayed together. If somebody was too far ahead, they would tell them, slow down because not everybody can follow your pace. It's the same thing with us. It's the same thing in the unity of the people that you're with. You have to stay in community. You have to stay in step with one another because if you're not in step with one another, then you are causing a lot of separation from you and them. Same thing with God. Unity in God is broken when you constantly live in disobedience and sin. That separates you from God. That's disunity. That's apart from him. It's the same thing with others. When you, when you start, to live in offense towards other people for even the littlest stuff, you're living in division and disunity, which God does not want. There's a lot of things in our life that we all struggle with. And there's a lot of things in our lives that that easily trigger offenses. But there's gonna have to be a point where you have to bypass an offense that leads to reconciliation. You're gonna have to stop letting what, what has hurt you from before which god heals by the way the bible says he does heal all wounds so there's a healing to be to be placed cuz you can't have unity with offense there's no way there's i've had a lot of very close friends even zane coming next week there, zane has offended me multiple times he's done some stuff where i'm just like bro just shut up it's not it's it's not this is not cool but the thing is is that zane me and zane know something about the importance of community the importance of reconciliation and unity it is extremely crucial and important to have in your life each it was amazing to see that the israelites were unified and they worked together the same is true for us If we want to see impossible walls come down in our lives, we must learn how to live in unity with those in our lives. Choose to live in unity with God and others. Here's another great benefit to having unity. A lot of people struggle mentally, emotionally. Part of that is that they don't connect with anybody else. There's this guy who came to the church and you've probably heard this around in the church. He's been coming to church for a while. A friend of mine knows him, knew him. And he was coming on a consistent time, but he he separated himself from his friends and his family. And even I experienced this in the same way, just a little bit of a backtrack. So I experienced this, this just just probably maybe less than a year ago where I didn't hang out with a lot of people. I was in ministry, I was so busy. It was just, I was really all, the only person I really hung out with with was Sarah at the time. So I didn't really connect with other guys. I had y'all, I had only a few people, but I wasn't like constantly staying in community and in catching up with people. Cause I started to enjoy solitude. There's a, I've learned now, there's a danger in enjoying solitude. The reason why there's a danger, even I don't care if you're introverted, introverts need unity you need to learn that, that when you separate yourself and you start to enjoy solitude, the enemy can use that to cause isolation. That means that solitude can end up turning into isolation and it causes separation. So for this guy, he had no community. He had no, barely any friends. He, went, he actually went to the Bible college I went to. And because he separated himself and he was dealing with battle and he dealt with mental health, he dealt with it for a very long time week the dude took his life over the weekend because he was separated from everything else this dude was coming to church every single Sunday but you can come to church every single Wednesday and not be in unity you can come to church every single week and not be in a group of people who are willing to help you and walk you through life this dude was not in a life group this dude was not involved in anything he just came left came and left And because he was not in unity with others, it caused destruction and the enemy stole something precious, which is life. So I say that doom and gloom story to say that you need to live in unity for walls to break down. There are mental walls that I'm pretty sure this dude had. And he could have had God and others to walk him through it. But he decided not to. Why? Because I believe there is a temptation to enjoy solitude. Solitude is good for a time. Solitude is good for a moment. Like Fridays, Fridays, I'm off. I don't do anything. I don't hang out with anybody. I'm I'm to myself. I'm relaxed. But if I did that every day, I would be miserable. I went through a a period of depression because I wasn't with anybody. I was barely spending time with the Lord, and I was barely hanging out with anyone. Why is that? Because the devil wants you, it's kind of like this story. It, you, it, it's, it's, it's human nature, it's not human nature, it's, 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 it's animal-like in a way. When you look at like a, like a herd of sheep, what's the wolf's job? The wolf's job, because he wants to take out one of the sheep, right? He wants to take out one of them. His ultimate goal is to wait till one of the sheep steps away from the group, Right? He steps, the sheep steps away from the group so that the wolf can now come in and attack the sheep. That's the point in the analogy of why unity is so important. Because if you are constantly away from the herd, you're going to get devoured by the wolf. If you're constantly put away and you're like, nobody cares, nobody really. Like cares about what I'm going through, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother them. They're too busy being Christian. I'm just gonna let them be. And you get attacked by the wolf, you made an excuse, and now you've been devoured. Because the enemy comes to kill, still, and destroy. So living in unity is crucial. My friends, it's so important to live in unity. Because if you're not living in unity, you're living in disruption. If you're not living with unity and God, then you're lost in isolation. That's why it's so important. Yes, it's good to come on a Wednesday. It's good to come on a Sunday. But not. don't just come here and just enjoy the service and then go. There's people in this room that you have unity with. There's people that come here on a regular basis that might not be here because of, of sickness or school stuff. And that's a unified People, there's people to interact with. It's time to put drama and stuff aside because if that would be you, that guy that took his life, that wouldn't be cool. That wouldn't be the best thing. So I have taught myself when that type of stuff happens, drama and everything aside needs to fade because unity needs to take place. Having a community is so important and that's how walls break down. Walls don't break down when you just wait for the day for it to fall. Because some of you don't know how to break your walls down. You have people that have broken walls in their life through Christ, and they can teach you the same thing. So you have to learn that when walls fall is also when you walk in unity, just like the Israelites. Point number three, walls fall when you praise. Walls fall when you praise. I remember my first concert that I ever went to, it was a Casting Crowns concert. And yes, the most Christian concert that you could ever go to is a Casting Crowns concert. And it was a cool experience and all that stuff. And, and, and just, you know, people were like, you know, when you have a Christian concert, it's not as it's not as blasting. Now this was back then. Now today, Christian concerts are like amazing. I've seen a couple of them. My favorite concert I ever went to because I love all types of music, but I just, I genuinely love rock and roll. And the concert I went to was a Skillet concert. That's the concert I went to. And they had, there's this band, you don't even know this band, they're called We as Human. They were a band for like one album and that was it. Me and my friend, actually my old friend Jacob, named Jacob, we both went to the concert together. We listened to the We as Human album for like four weeks. To where when we went, we could hear the, we were actually, sadly we were late. So I didn't get to hear the album and I practiced the album for weeks and then I couldn't sing with them. So I cried, but, but yeah, I did. I cried. So I go to this concert and y'all listen, like if this is the stage, this is the stage, you know, John Cooper was doing his thing, you know? And I was, I was, we were, we were about like, I was right here. I was really close. I could have slapped that dude's chicken arm. Like I was like so close To to the lead singer, and it was crazy. The louds, the speakers were loud. It was all the lights and everything. It was an amazing. It was probably the best concert I've ever been to. I lost my voice for three days, and I couldn't. I could barely hear out of my out of my right ear for at least two weeks. It was the best experience of my life. I loved it so much, and and it's. I think it was the last concert I went to. Have any of y'all been to a concert before at all? Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, my second favorite. I didn't go to it this year, but there was a Toby Mac Hits Deep tour that I went to. It was so good. This was uh this was bef- this was before I graduated high school and it was an amazing event. They had a ton of artists. I grew up listening to Toby Mac, so it was amazing. I love I love concerts. They're so good. Concerts you you with concerts, you know the songs you you sing the 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 anthems of the most popular songs of that band or that artist. It is the best experience I have ever had was a concert it wasn't a fair it wasn't some type of like special event it was it was it was a concert that was my first experience. A lot of people think praise only happens in the context of worship music, going to church, but that's not true. We can be in a place, even a worship service, when music is going on, but there's no praise involved. Praise happens when we actually express our admiration of something. Worship in another context means you're pledging your allegiance to something. It's not just about I can lift my hands and I can sing the the song of praise. Ultimately, it's also you pledging your allegiance to something. That's what worship is. And the question that I want to give to you is, how is your praise game? Do you praise just as powerful as you would at a concert? Would you praise just as much as you saw your favorite band at a concert? The same thing to the Lord, because because walls might not be falling because you're not genuinely in a deep place trying to worship do you but not just on a wednesday or, or a sunday i'm talking about do you actively and regularly regularly express to god who he is to you and how much he means in your life that's what worship is worship is saying who god is and what he means to me That's what worship is. Worship is not just, oh, I'm just going to sit here and listen to Rachel play again, the worship song. I'm just going to listen to her again. No, worship, worship is, God, you mean this to me, and this is who you are. That's through worship. That's pledging your allegiance to who you serve. That's worship. Psalm 63, three through four says, your unfailing love is better than life itself, How I praise you, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands in prayer. King David was set on praising God as long as he lived. Your praise, praise is very important. Worship is very important. Every time you come on a Wednesday, I don't, preparation for me is not just like, Oh, I got to hype myself up. Like, I'm about to go into like a boxing match. Like, it's, I don't do that. I'm not like one of those pastors that are like, I got to wear like a sleeve and like wear boxing gloves and like get it going. I I don't do that. I I don't, I don't, I don't usually like try to like do like, you know how they like before they act or when they talk, they're like, oh, yeah, and they're trying to like move their mouth and stuff like that to relax their mouth. I don't do that either. I feel like it just looks stupid. But what I do, do, is that what I actually do is that I get my, 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 my heart ready in worship. The reason why I get it ready in worship is because the presence of God is very evident in praise and worship. Worship is also spiritual warfare. I don't know if you knew this, but you lifting your hands is battle. You lifting your hands is spiritual battle against the enemy and his demonic forces. That's what this is. It's not just some cute lovey-dovey, oh, I love you, Jesus. It's not that. It's not you saying this pretty line on a worship song. It's you going to battle against the enemy with worship. When you worship God, walls fall. And that's one of the biggest things that I saw the Israelites do. They have been walking in silence for days until the seventh time they got there. And that's what it says in, uh, put up verse... Joshua 6, verse 16. The seventh time around, as the priest sounded the long blast in their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you this town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. He told them to shout. Another translation says, shout of praise. Because when they shouted and they gave the Lord what, when, they, when they shouted and praised the Lord for what He was going to give them, the walls came down. The walls started to fall. Everything started to crumble. Why? Because worship, praise, and worship was in play. Walls fall when you praise. They praised not because it just seemed like a good idea, they praised because God told them to. God knew that praise would be. Their breakthrough. So the challenge is praise God, even in the impossible, He'll bring down the walls. Worship is so important, y'all. It's important to lift your hands. Yeah, everybody worships different, but if you're just standing there like a vegetable, if you just, if you're just there and you just stand and you don't engage what God calls you to because if you're a Christian in here, if you truly are one, you have something to praise God about. If you are born again, God has done something in your life that you are to praise him for because there are things in dark places and pits and shackles and chains and prisons that you were in that God has lifted you out of that you can praise him for. Yes, you might be in a situation right now where it feels like it's hard to praise him. That's why you gotta go back to what he has done already. When you remember what God has done, worship is a lot more fluent for you. When you remember, God got me out of this. God separated me from that. God loved me in this. God set me free from that. When you start to think that way in worship, that's why we praise him. We don't praise him just because of what he's going to do. We praise him for what he's already done and who he is. And if you would start praising him like that, you will see even the walls that you struggle with now fall. Walls fall when you praise him. Walls fall when you truly worship God. The fourth and final thing that I think the biggest reason why the Israelites and Joshua got the walls to come down is that walls fall When you obey. Walls fall when you obey. This is the hardest point for a lot of people. Walls fall when you obey. Is the way you're living consistent with God's will and his ways? Obeying God is a key ingredient in our walk with him. Obedience to God brings protection and breakthrough to our lives. Ultimately, the walls of Jericho came crashing down because of the most important part of Joshua chapter 6. The Israelites and Joshua obeyed from what God told them to do. God told them to walk around seven times. God told them to shout because he already gave them the town. He told them to walk in and capture everything. Why? He, oh, they obeyed him. Obedience looks like two things. You're doing something in sin and God's telling you to get out of it, so you gotta obey him. And also, God's calling you to something amazing, powerful, magnificent, and you're too scared of it and you won't obey him because of it. He needs you to obey him. The reason why it looks scary because it's outside of your capability. The reason why it looks frightening is because it's outside of your handling, like you can't handle that food. You can't handle the plate. It's like a, like a seven-course meal. You can't handle it. You tell me you can't handle it. You're going to need God to walk you through it. All you have to do is obey him. This sin seems hard to overcome. Obey God and he will walk you through it. Walls start to fall in your life. Doubt starts to fall in your life. All of these things start to fall in your life when you start to obey him. You have a doubting wall. God, said, God calls you into faith. Obey it. When you're feeling insecure, God says, listen to what I have affirmed to you, obey it. Obey my affirmation. Say who you really are, not what you are insecure about. That is obeying God. Obedience to God is not just do this or you're punished. It's also do this so that you can get out of that wall. So you can get off of that mindset. So you can get off of that of that." dark place, that, that trench. You got to get out of there. James 1, 22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. This is, he made it simple. You must do what it says. Otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. Scripture tells us when we listen to God, but don't do what he says, we are deceiving ourselves like it or not obedience brings blessings and breakthroughs. So if you're being disobedient, that is the reason why. That is the reason why those walls are still in your life. It might not be the reason. It might be maybe because you need, you have to really have faith, not more faith, but real faith in in Jesus. Maybe it's maybe it's also you're not living in unity with other people. You're not in a community with other people. Maybe it's also because you're not, you're not truly worshiping him and you need to really worship him, not just on a Wednesday or a Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But I'm gonna tell you right now, a lot of times I have certain horrible walls that the enemy tries to use because I'm genuinely not obeying God. And I'm being disobedient in a place. It unlocks blessings just like the Israelites. They walked. Y'all, they didn't just walk around Jericho. Yes, that's what they did. But as they walked around Jericho, they walked in obedience with God. They were doing everything God told them to do. They were doing everything God said that they needed to do. And when they did it, it brought true victory. Like, for example, the Costa Rica trip. For some of us that are going on the trip, you're being obedient to what God has already called us to do in the scripture. What is? It, what did he say in the scripture? He said to go and preach the message to the ends of the earth. What does that mean? That means you need to preach the word in your hometown. You need to preach it in your city. You need to preach it in the state. And you got to preach it to other countries as well. That's what that that scripture means. Jesus said to go out. He said for us to have this mission. So when because of this trip, because of all of these things, we're basically being obedient to what, that's the cool part. We're being obedient to what God's called us to do in the first place. But if you're not going on the trip, where is it that you need to be obedient that God's calling you to or the sin that he's calling you out of? What what does that obedience look like? When you walk in obedience to what God has called you to or what he wants you to get out of, you will experience breakthrough. They weren't just walking around the walls of Jericho. They were obedient, walking in obedience. Jesus made it very clear. My final scripture, John 14, 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. And my father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each of them. That one phrase, all who love me will do what I say. It's not talking this is how we've always seen it. I think it's, it's a little bit of like a Mandela effect for a lot of people. We think if I don't do what God says, then he doesn't love me. That's not what it says. It says we, if we love him, we will do what he says. Not that I will love you if you do what I say. That's manipulation. God loves you no matter if you obey him or not. But, To say that you truly love God, but never do what he says, you're fooling yourself. That's what he says in in James, where he says, do what the word says. And if you don't do what the word says, you're deceiving yourself. He is saying, if you love me, you will do what I say. Obedience shows your love and commitment to God. The way you live shows your willingness and lovingness and obedience to the Lord. That's important. Because if you're saying one thing, he called out the Pharisees for this. He told them, you say things with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. It's the same thing with some of us sometimes. We live in a state where we're saying these things on, on the church services. But when we go home and we do our regular practice of life, we stay away and we're actually disobedient and we stay away from blessings, and the only blessings we feel like we we, we feel is on a Sunday or a Wednesday, and then we ask God, where's the blessings? Where's all this? Are you disobedient? Are you not doing what God's called you to do in this very moment in your life? Is there something that you are struggling with and the scriptures tells you to walk away from? Walls fall when you start to obey Uh, The story that I remember just in the moment is when Peter was in prison. This was after Christ had died and resurrected. And Peter was in prison. And he was supposed to be beheaded the next day. Two angels went to the prison to save him. But they didn't tell him that. They didn't say, oh, we're going to save you, Peter. You're good to go. This is what happened. The angels told Peter, get up. But Peter still had the chains on, right? Right? Peter still had the chains. He was still on the ground. He had the chains on and he said, and the angel said, get up. In my opinion, I would have been like, well, take these chains off. Then I can get up because I can't move. But Peter did not second guess. He obeyed. And when Peter obeyed to get up, the chains fell off. He didn't say, hey, obey, get up and the chains will fall. He didn't tell him that. He said, get up. He didn't give him the rest of the context of what was going to happen. He said, get up. And then the chains fell off. Why? Because obedience breaks walls. Obedience can break chains. Obedience can drop prisons in your life. Obedience. When God tells you to do it, do it. Because there's a greater blessing when you obey God. And there's a greater struggle when you don't obey God. God doesn't give you consequence when you disobey him. If sin brings consequences, but disobedience doesn't genuinely bring it, it might not bring blessings, but it won't bring a a consequence on your life. But I would rather the blessing than nothing. I would rather, and listen, forget, screw all the benefits. You should obey God because it's the right thing to do. Bottom line, it comes to the point where you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Stop doing it because everybody else is doing it. Stop living in that because everybody else is living in that. You got to do what is right and righteous and holy because it is the good thing to do. It is the right thing to do. You feel better when you do the right thing. You feel better and greater when you do the right thing. That's why we have to be in obedience because we get all the benefits, but it's ultimately the right thing to do. We don't obey God to be loved. We love God so much that we want to obey him. Obey God even when it seems crazy because his ways are not your ways. Josh, Joshua and the Israelites saw breakthrough from the walls of Jericho falling down because they were walking in faith. They lived in unity with one another. They praised God at the end. And ultimately, they obeyed and said what God wanted them to do. Yes, they weren't in chains from Jericho. I'm not saying they were in deep trouble. But there was something in the way of of what God promised. Something is in the way that God promised you. And he wants you to have it so bad. But the walls of Jericho keep blocking your walkway. I believe God's calling us to walk in faith more. I believe God's calling us to live in unity more, live in a community better. I also believe that God is calling us to praise him better because some of us in here don't genuinely praise him, not just on a Wednesday, but even on the weekends and even during the times that you're not here, you're not genuinely worshiping him. So now you have walls there. And also some of us are walking in disobedience. And there's a lot of factors that go into why we do what we do. But ultimately, there's healing in that. Ultimately, there's restoration in those places. God is calling you to these two, these four different areas, just like he did with the Israelites and Joshua. Walls will fall when we learn. Now, walls don't fall if I don't know him. Walls will not fall out of my life if I don't genuinely live and know Jesus. It won't work. You can come to church every Wednesday and every day. Not every day. That would be cool if we had it every day. You You can't come to church every week and just expect salvation. That's such an old religious mindset. People do it all the time. Oh, I go to church. I'm a good person. None of that will get you where you're supposed to go your works are dead compared to Christ's righteous work. It's not in scripture, but there was this analogy. It said our greatest goodness of, of, of good works towards others is not as good as God's worst work. How crazy is to think that that God's, if God, had a, if God ever made a mistake, which he does not, if he ever made a big mistake, it's still better than our good works. It's not in scripture, but it is a reality to understand that that's how perfect God is. And when you understand that God has given you this free gift and you have not done anything to get there, there's true freedom in there. Walls fall when I understand that this is not me working, but it's Christ working in me. The walls will fall when that happens. With every head bowed, I want to pray that no matter what decisions you've made in the past you can choose tonight to genuinely follow Christ i i have a lot of empathy towards both parties and i've talked about this before i have a lot of par, i have a lot of empathy for the person who lives their life in sin and also does not know jesus but i also have also have empathy for the church kid because it becomes religiosity and I know in my heart I genuinely believe this sometimes and I pray for church kids all the time because I believe there's going to be a a good bit of church kids that will not experience heaven because it wasn't because they went to church every Sunday with their parents that got them saved and you could be churched all your life and you can live in sin all your life, both have a possibility to make it to hell. Both have a possibility to be separated from God. But both parties have that opportunity to know Christ personally. When you give your life totally and completely to the Lord and choose to obey him, he will bring breakthroughs and blessings in your life. I don't care about your background. I don't care about your, your, your diagnosis. I don't care about, that doesn't matter in this moment. I don't care what stops you. Jesus does the impossible. Jesus does the impossible. So I want you to know tonight that no matter how messed up you feel or how jacked up you are, Christ is willing to redeem all of it. He's willing to redeem every mistake, every sinful dysfunction, every single, every single horrible, dirty, dark thing that you have thought or done. He's willing to forgive and restore all of that. So if that is you, take a moment and talk with God right now And ask him. Lord, I want these walls to fall. But Lord, I need to get close to you. The closer you get to God, the closer the impact of that wall falling down. Because he's getting closer and closer and closer. God's on that other side of the wall. And he wants to break that wall. But he can't get close unless you let him. can't get close enough unless you let him. Ask him that right now. Ask him that, that Lord, these walls are stopping me from knowing you. I want to know you. I want to know you. I'm done living a a mediocre life. I want to experience the presence. I want to experience your love. I want to experience your passion and compassion for me. I want to experience that. I want you to ask him that because these are not just little pretty prayers that you can't feel. These are moments where you make a a soul-based decision. A soul-based decision. And maybe those four areas in your heart, maybe you have a hard time walking in faith. You have a hard time living in unity. You have a hard time praising him. Maybe you have a hard time with obedience. As I pray for you in this moment, after I'm done praying for you, after I ask y'all to leave, if you are struggling in those four areas, come talk to me. Because though, what's funny is that all four of those areas, even before I, wrote, I, I got Joshua chapter six, Those four areas I have always struggled with in my life and have overcome all four. I'm not saying I doubt sometimes. I'm not saying that I don't don't feel like praising him sometimes. I'm not saying that it's a perfection thing. What I'm telling you right now is that I have experienced my wall of Jericho problem and God has walked me through it to tear it down. If that's you, after I pray over everybody, I want you to come up and talk to me. Because I want to walk you through it Because your walls can't fall I'm telling you from somebody Who has survived the walls of Jericho You Your walls will fall And obviously on this podcast right now That everybody's listening to By tomorrow Because the podcast will be out I want everyone on the podcast to know that That if you have questions We're here if you have questions about why these walls won't fall down message us on instagram do whatever you have to do because it is so important that you know and i can put it with you in faith even everyone in this room that you that your walls can break down that your walls can be destroyed if that's you i want you to come meet me afterwards but i'm gonna pray us out so father i thank you for this moment i thank you that we get to know in advance that the walls will fall that these depressing walls that these dark walls that these doubting walls that these insecure walls that all these walls that we can label can be knocked down by you when we put our faith and trust in you so father i ask lord that tonight lord to those who have questions i pray that it would be answered in any way possible and that your spirit would help them in this time as they go through their own walls of Jericho experience. I pray, Lord, that you can give it to them and that they can have the grace to overcome it and be successful in it. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen.